0: Instrumental one, please. Hallelujah. Are we live streaming because uh, Brooke's going to be watching. She wants to learn today. One more minute. Okay. Uh, how is everybody? Excellent. Excellent. Raise your hand when it's on, so I can. Hey, just feeling better. I'll spread out so we can get everybody up. Spread your chairs and get people. Praise the Lord. Let's let's pray. What's wrong with this mic? It's too got an echo in that sound. Push them back. I don't know if I'll get into this today, the booklet today or not. Um the Lord interrupted this morning in my worship time and gave me some revelation that he said I need to get out in the out in the uh sonship today. So um it's fresh fresh for me, it's gonna be fresh for you. It would be fresh for us together so we can grow together, learn together, and nobody can get puffed up because one person received it. Amen. Because just because I received it doesn't mean I've become it. Just because I received it doesn't mean I have it all. I don't have anything without you. Until you get a part of that revelation, I get a part of that revelation, it's only, that's the only time the revelation comes together. The body of Christ becomes whole. The body is actually functioning with the advancement of the kingdom of God. Amen. You can't take a revelation and start writing books. You take a revelation, you impart it into the body of Christ. So I want to give you some five things I jotted down. Um, The acid test of knowing God's will. There's five things. And, you know, in Romans it says, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? I want to know the perfect will of God in every decision. So here's five things, and then I'll get into the teaching. Number one, peace. Isn't it amazing, even when God's trying to introduce his will to you, that you had peace before he introduced it? Then you lost your mind. You're worried. You're fearful. You're anxious. Wondering what's happened. What am I going to do? When just yesterday you were full of peace. Isn't that right? Man, we hate change. But we are called to change. It's a beckoning. It's calling us to change from glory to glory. So hold on to the peace. Peace. That you experienced before your mind went crazy on God. Number two. God's will is always going to protect you. There's protection in God's will. There's perfect will, there's going to be protection. Number three. In God's will, there's going to be joy. There's a joy. And number four. There's going to be provision. There's going to be provision. We keep worrying about how this is going to get funded and how we're going to do this and how am I going to do this. And if you're in the perfect will of God, provision's coming. Our worry will cancel out that grace that's bringing us divine access to people and places for that provision. Number five, perseverance. Can you persevere? Can you be patient? So that's the acid test of knowing God's will. Because God wants us to know his will. That's part about moving from the church age to the kingdom age. Is knowing the will of God without consulting a man. Amen. We're running around looking for prophecy. Trying to find the will of God. When it's already in you. His will is already in you. And peace is going to manifest it. So if you're at peace, hold on to your peace. Because tomorrow, God may be exposing his will to you. And in the exposure, there's protection. The enemy knows that he knows you've got to feel protected. You've got to be secure. So he puts a fiery dart right in your mind. Then you're wondering, what is going on? What am I going to do next? How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to do this? That's how you know God has already spoken. He's already moving on your behalf. And then you finally fall into his plan, right? (laughs) When you didn't have to go through hell to fall into his plan. But your mind goes through hell and you have to be a participant of that confusion that's in the mind. Because where there's confusion, you're out of the order of God. You're out of the order of God. But I want to give you some revelation on this. Uh, Lord poured in me this morning about apostolic discipleship. Because we're talking about apostolic discipleship. The Lord, Lord told me to call this sonship because it is apostolic. The pastoral church has Sunday school. It's an elementary teaching of Christ. That's your pastoral church. The apostolic church has apostolic discipleship. And this is for the advancing toward completeness and and perfection. The advancing towards completeness and perfection that belongs to spiritual maturity. I was talking to the guys back there in the sound booth earlier, and we just had a good time with God back there. The Lord was pouring out revelation, and we were being fed by him. Jesus said, be perfect as my Father is perfect. I don't know how many people say, I'll never be perfect. God didn't, I didn't, I can't be perfect. Uh, you think you're perfect. Don't you hear that all the time? When Jesus said, be perfect, What does that mean? What what do you think that means? Where's the mic? I want some some interaction here. What does that that mean to you when Jesus said to be perfect as my Father is perfect? Now being perfect doesn't mean flawless. Being perfect means bringing you into a whole relationship with God. Jesus was perfect because he had a whole, not a part-time, relationship with God. He had a whole relationship with God. And the apostolic movement, the apostolic church, is bringing you in to the relationship between the Father and the Son. The church brings you in the relationship with the Holy Spirit. But the apostolic church is going to bring you in the relationship that the Father and Son have. How do I know I've received maturity? Think about this. How do I know that I have reached a level of maturity? Because there's an entrance to a maturity level that you know that you've reached it. Who can answer that? What what, what would be one of the things that you would say? Part-time people? Huh? No fear. It's amazing how we were peaceful yesterday and full of fear today. That tells you we have not matured yet in our relationship with God because there will be zero fear no matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what's going on. If it's negative around you, there will be zero fear. It doesn't matter who's talking about you, who's accusing you, who's stealing from you, who's, who's bashing your name when you already know that what your character's like. Amen. You that's one of the things that upheld me when all the bashing went on over the years about me. My heart. God says he God God says he protects the upright heart. Keep your heart upright with. Me. Number two. You are blessed. You are blessed. What does blessed mean? Supernaturally empowered to prosper and reach your goal. Supernaturally empowered to prosper and reach your goal. And as I was saying in the the conference room the other day, the best definition of a curse is to be supernaturally empowered to fail. How many of you have all been there? Or you just fall short of being complete, just falling short and never reach that closure, either in relationships or whatever it is. You just never seem to get there. That's a curse in operation because it's supernaturally empowered you to fail. Number three, supernatural favor with God and man. Now, that's when you're blessed. When you have favor with God and with man, I said, Lord, what's the difference? And this is what he told me. He said, favor with God is divine access in the spiritual thing. Divine access in the spiritual things. Favor with man is divine access. To people and places so when you have divine access in the spiritual things you have the favor of God when we got born again we had the favor of God and we entered into the spiritual thing that we never knew about before this dual favor that he's talking about here gives way for kingdom manifestation it gives way for a kingdom manifestation Most of us have the favor of God, but we don't have the favor of man. And we need the favor of man to be able to to advance the kingdom. You've got to have the favor of man. These are signs of maturity. Those three things are three things that you can use to judge yourself of sign of maturity. We are, I love this. I had to think on this when he gave me this. He said, we are either training for maturity or in maturity for training. And doesn't that just get you to think? He said, we are either in training for maturity or in maturity for training. In maturity. That's why I'm training. Right now, because I'm in maturity. I have no fear. I'm in maturity. Maturity for training is what we call apostolic discipleship. Maturity for training is what we call apostolic discipleship. The Lord said there's a double portion transfer that takes place in apostolic sonship or apostolic discipleship. I asked him, what the double portion? He said, there's a double portion transfer as you sit here in this sonship. That's why sonship is so important. So I kind of made it mandatory for our key people to be here because you never know what kind of revelation God's going to drop in on us that we need. Apostolic discipleship transfers you from a child to a son. Apostolic discipleship transfers you from a child to a son. And this is how it does it. It imparts the relationship between Jesus and the Father. Just at your hearing, there's an impartation going on. The relationship that they have. Like Jesus said, we cannot comprehend that love. We can only experience it. We'll never wrap our arms around it and comprehend it and try to understand it. We can only experience it. And that's an impartation of the double portion. Isn't that cool? And it gets better. It's just an introductory right here here he gave me. Elijah, Elijah, I always get these messed up, and Zenny tries to correct me every time, and it still doesn't work. Elijah was the only person who passed on a double portion of his spirit to his spiritual son. Elijah. 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 There you go. Elijah. 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 I got a sound, I gotta hear the J. Elijah. And what? Elijah. Okay. God God said He would send the spirit of Elijah to prepare us for his coming. By restoring fatherhood. Ah. See he knew Pastor Mike needed a father. That's how close his coming. When the true spiritual fathers are getting in place. You know that Jesus. Is on the edge of his throne. Waiting to hear the father say go get my children. Man, what a glorious time that's going to be all the hell you went through, all the labor you went through. It's all going to go away when he meets you in the air. Can you imagine what a sight that's going to be? God wants his church to minister in the power of the double portion. And we think it's a double portion of the anointing. We're so focused on the anointing. He wants us to minister as ministers out of relationship with God. Out of fellowship with God. This is fellowship with God. Getting into worship, saying, Father, I love you. This is all I need today is you. And he speaks. He says, I want to, I want to impart something to discipleship today. What is the double portion of? What's the first portion? Come want think. What is the first portion? Rebirth. Rebirth. Because you're going to have these questions. The religious people are going to challenge you. When you bust out of these four walls and hit Savannah, you're going to be meeting some religious devils. Because believe me, I've met some of them. The rebirth portion is, write this down, the gospel anointing. The gospel anointing. That's what you find in the churches when you go, the gospel anointing. Whenever a pastor is over a church and not an apostle, they'll never move from the gospel anointing. What's the second portion? First one was rebirth. The second portion is glorious sons. It's moving in the apostolic anointing. That apostolic anointing contains the Father and the Son. Relationship. Rebirth contains the Holy Spirit. So now you have the Trinity working through you. The double portion is the apostolic and prophetic anointing. Think about that. The double portion is the apostolic and the prophetic Because the Father is apostolic. Jesus is prophetic. He's the spirit of prophecy. It's a transfer for acceleration in the favor of God and the favor of man. I'm feeling. It's an acceleration into spiritual things and people and places. You can't grow unless you're accelerating spiritually into spiritual things. And those spiritual things are going to take you into places and people because God wants to use you to introduce what you have heard and seen. God wants to introduce you. To the people. And impart what you have heard. And seen. Elijah. Listen to this. Elijah. Experienced. Fourteen miracles. But after the mantle. Was transferred. To Elijah. Elisha There was twenty eight. Miracles recorded. There's the double portion. That's why you you see an acceleration here, and development with people moving quickly into their place, moving quickly in the spiritual thing, moving quickly in divine places and meeting people that introduce the favor of God. The favor of God has to be introduced to you. Through people. That's why the devil's so busy trying to separate people because the devil knows favor comes from God and man. We've already experienced the favor of God at rebirth. But until I love my enemy, I'll never experience. Ah. Double portion. True apostles are carriers of a relationship between the Father and the Son. When you have written me a true apostle, they're already in relationship with the Father and Son's relationship. They've moved past the Holy Spirit relationship. Even the Holy Spirit's still there. What happens is you graduate into another voice, called the voice of Jesus, speaking directly to you. The Father speaking directly to you. And they all merge together as one. Because they're one in heaven. They merge together. So what are the signs? True apostles are carriers of a relationship between the Father and the Son. So what are the signs? I'm going to give you four signs. Because listen, you're, you're going to be put in a position to judge and how you know you're dealing with a religious devil, religious devil says you can't judge. Because Jesus said not to judge, right? Well, you have to tell the religious devil to get out of the Old Testament and get into the New Testament. Where the Apostle Paul says to judge the fruit. Don't judge the soul, that's for God to do. But you can judge the fruit. You can discern the fruit to make sure that you're not an error coming into agreement with someone that's in error. Number one, what are the signs? They can manifest the presence of God, not just the anointing. The anointing lets your hair stand up on your arms and chill bumps go down your back. and But the presence of God will put you on your face. That's how you know there's a relationship going And it doesn't matter, you you don't have to be up here teaching. You can be anywhere and just talking and it manifests. Number two, true apostle, free from man. Put 1 Corinthians 9, 1 and 2 up in the amplified version. Free from man. No apostle should be up here representing Jesus as the apostle. the the chief apostle, unless he's free from man or he's putting the people back in bondage. So Paul says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ? Is that the amplified version? Put the amplified up, please. Am I not apostle, a special messenger? Am I not free, unrestrained, and exempt from any obligation? Isn't that powerful? That's the first sign that you got to look for in an apostle. He's free from the obligation of man. He's only obligated to God. First sign. That's why I asked apostles who say they're apostles, I said, are you in debt that you can't pay off? Well, yeah, everybody's in debt. He may still be an apostle, but he shouldn't be functioning. He's matured out of that slavery. You can't be in slavery and be in authority. Yeah, Unrestrained, exempt, and obligations from any obligation to man. Have I not seen Jesus? I've seen the Lord three times in 20-something years. Appear. Motel room, not knowing that he was building his testimony from. I thought everybody got those visitations. Are you yourselves not the product and proof of my workmanship? As my workmanship. So number three is they have seen Jesus. Number four, they have produced sons and daughters. Apostles are special messengers. To you. Four, they produce sons and daughters. They're special messengers to you. God has sent me to you. For sons and daughters are the seal, the living evidence of apostleship. That's the living evidence. So, what does it mean to be a good son and daughter? All of us want to be good. They have to have the revelation of the purpose and the assignment of their spiritual parents. They have to have the revelation of the purpose and the assignment of their spiritual parents. That's how you know that you're a good son and daughter. You have that revelation of the purpose here. A sign. Pastor Mike asked a question a little while ago in the conference room with Pastor um, Apostle Maronado and the different mantles and the different man not different mantles but different mandates on the mantle. For Apostle Maronado is an apostolic; he's an apostle of evangelism. He can bring him in. The Lord has me as an apostle of development. To bring the bride to maturity. That's what all these visions are about. Is to help you. Come to maturity. If they don't have a, have this revelation. It will be. Oh I love this. Because I've seen it. Lord said if they don't have this revelation. It will be difficult to remain by your side. When all hell breaks loose. Because they met you. If all hell breaks loose. Because they met me. (laughs) Because hell is breaking loose off of you. And you don't know what's going on because that's all you know. So what you know and understand begins to leave you. Then you get scared, fearful. I call it identity crisis. So when you have a revelation of my assignment, you will find that yours will be similar. This is when you realize that our destinies intertwine. Isn't that cool? Spiritual fathers, put Matthew 16, 19 up. I love this verse. I didn't get this revelation until when Lee taught last Saturday, I think it was. Uh, Matthew sixteen nineteen. Oh, there it is. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Is that what it says? What's it say? I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, declared to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound. It's already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare unlawful on the earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Now Jesus was talking to his disciples. And it's interesting, he said, I will give you the keys to a relationship with God. Because he was the kingdom of God standing right in front of them. So in an apostolic ministry, there's lots of keys. Keys are revelation. Revelation closes a door and opens another one. That's true revelation. It's closing the door to the old life and introducing you into God's presence. His person. The kingdom of heaven. and that so now, when you get a revelation and you start teaching revelation, you know that one door is shutting in their minds, and another door is opening to a relationship with daddy. That's powerful. Those spiritual fathers have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Every, every spiritual father should be introducing to you God's presence. You can't have his presence unless you have his person. Amen? When you come into this place, I see your presence and your person. So you can't have the presence without the person. here. He says, I will give you the keys to God the Father to access his presence from glory to glory. Five questions that has to do with being a son or a daughter. I really want you to judge yourself because... This is what a discipleship is all about, is bringing you into sonship. Sonship means you are true son and daughter, not a baby, not a child. Number one, if I sing, who am I? He's talking about identity, right beside of that identity. Who am I? Most of the people that come through this door, I said most of the people, not all the people. Don't know who they are. They don't know who what their identity in the body of Christ is. Number two. Where do I come from? He's talking about origin. Where did I come from? You came from heaven. Isn't that beautiful. We were all in heaven before you got here. It's a blessing to be born after the resurrection, and to know that I'm sent from heaven. So God already knows you're going to succeed if you obey. Number three, why am I here? Why am I here? Right beside of that purpose. Why am I here? What's my purpose Because it's interesting, he put the first one as identity because you find your purpose in your identity. Number four, what can I do? And right beside of that, potential. What can I do? Potential. When you can answer these, then you'll know you're a true son and daughter, that you've reached a level of maturity. And number five, the last one. Where am I going? Right beside of that, destiny. What's my destiny? Each one of these questions has to do with being a son or a daughter. Why must I mature? Some Christians say, why must I mature? Why, Why can't I just stay the way I am? If I know I'm going to heaven. Well, one thing, because you got to give them an account to God when you die for what you did with the gifts in this body. You've got to give an account. And if you didn't do nothing, then your reward is going to be like that. Very little. Because he rewards according to the gifts and calling that you produce. So why must I mature? Why must I mature? To receive your kingdom inheritance. To receive your kingdom inheritance. Oh, I love this revelation. Why must I mature? To receive my kingdom inheritance. I love this revelation. It says the time, now repeat it. The time for you to receive will always be determined by the time it takes to mature. The time for you to receive will always be determined by the time it takes for you to mature. That's why he's given us the signs, the entry, the signs of maturity. How do I mature? How do I mature? Three things you can write down. How do I mature? How do I mature? Number one, by faith. You have to have the faith in the one that's already mature. And that's Jesus. He's already a mature son of God. My faith has got to be in him in everything I do. Number two, how do I mature? By obedience. Hebrews 5, 8. By obedience. Let's look at Hebrews 5.8. Although he was a son. He learned active special obedience. Through what he had suffered. That scripture always amazed me. That the son of God. Had to learn to obey God. not that amazing? That scripture gave me so much hope. That even Jesus had to learn to obey because he was man he was 100% god and he was 100% man so the man in him had to learn what was in the 100% god in him. you have 100% god in you that you have to learn from you you can only obey what's revealed in you you can only obey what's revealed in you. So Jesus, being 100% God, could only obey what was revealed in him. And his 100% man had to suffer to obey that 100% God. Babies have no idea how to obey. You try to get a child to obey you. They kick and scream. Babies have no idea how to obey. Babies need love and protection and nurture until there's a point that they're ready to obey. And number three, how do I mature? By the apostolic anointing. You've got to be under apostles. The enemy will prove. Oh, I love this. When the Lord gave me, he said, the enemy will prove your identity as a son. I'm going to give it to you. Think about that. God didn't prove my identity as a son. He uses the enemy to approve my identity as a son. Isn't that amazing? Let's look at Matthew 4, 3. Although he let's see. And listen, the enemy approves the enemy proves your identity as a son through temptation. Through temptation. Number one, Matthew four, three. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are God's son, command these stones to be made loaves of bread. So what's he saying here? The enemy already knows he's a son. But he could abort his sonship by performing a miracle out of time season. The enemy was tempting him to activate the 100% God in him to perform a creative miracle. That's temptation. When the Lord used me a lot in flowing in miracles, and uh, people would call up, and they would come and say they're they're coming to see if uh, I can give them a miracle. I said, Don't come. You'd be wasting your time. It's temptation. Number two, second temptation, Matthew 4 6. And he said to him, If you're the Son of God, Throw yourself down, as it is written, for he shall give his angels charge over you. And they will bear you up on their hands, lest your foot be dashed against a stone. So what is the temptation here? What do you see in this verse? That's a temptation. Protection. Divine protection. A son already knows he's protected. Doesn't need to prove it. You don't need to prove that miracles are in you. They're already in you. you. don't need to prove that you're divinely protected by God because you already are. And number three, Matthew 4, 9. And he said to him, these things all taken together, I will give you if you will prostrate yourself before me and do homage and worship me. So what was the temptation here? Worship. Worship. You cannot worship the creature. You cannot worship man. You can't even worship your husband or wife. He was tempting him to worship man. Because he knew that he was 100% man. And all man knew how to do was worship man. But Jesus knew in the 100% God that man was supposed to worship God and not the creature. Process of maturity. Here's the process of maturity, and I'm, I'm finishing up. The process of maturity, number one, there's three things, one, two, three. Number one, the process of maturity is chasten. Chasten. Chasten means to instruct. I'm instructing you today. C-H-A-S-T-E-N. So chasten means instruction. I'm instructing you today. So God puts a requirement on you to heed the instruction for today. Fathers instruct, but mothers teach. No, still on number one. I can put an instruction out there, but a spiritual mother has to teach it. There's a lot of instruction going on, but nobody's teaching them how to follow the instruction. And you have to humbly respond to God's chastening as he's given us, how do you know you're a son and God? How do you know that you're mature? Number two, rebuke. Process of maturity, rebuke. And you can write beside of that, put in big letters, exposed. Exposed. Something brought forth by the light, exposed. Exposed. How I many of y'all felt that? And then felt the shame. And that shame feel <laughs> ucky and yucky and slimy when you feel it? Something brought forth by the light and placed into evidence. <laughs> into view with a goal of correcting and eliminating. Isn't that powerful? I love that. So rebuke's goal is to correct and eliminate. Let's look at Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. What is the good of the land? Who can answer that? What is the good of the land? Huh? The good of the land is the good of your job. The good of your wife. The good of your husband. What's good in your life? Amen? If you love your job, love what you're doing, that is the good of the land. And But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So the sword... Is revelation. Revelation will change you. Or it will destroy you. It will. It will chase you down. till you die. Scourge. Number three. Scourge. Scourge. S-C-O-U-R-G-E. And these are in the book of Hebrews. Scourge. Listen to this. The Greek meaning of scourge means to punish with affliction. To punish with affliction. It feels like the whole world is tumbling down on you. I call that the the extreme love of God. Because it always works. When your world is tumbling down, there's nothing else left to resurrect. But God didn't put a fourth discipline there. He said the third one is always going to work feels like the whole world is tumbling down. The word, this word scourge, here is a very strong, horrible connotation. So what is rebuke? When you're exposed, that's a good time to repent because the scourge is not going to be fun. It's not going to be as easy As the rebuke. Because we can just repent. Say Lord I repent. I'm going to think differently. I'm not going to do this anymore. You have the power to choose. And you have the power in you. To maintain that choice. To not to offend God anymore. As you see God. As you see him. He will first give us a slap on the hand. Today. We're getting slaps on the hand. We're getting instruction. We're getting stuff we hadn't heard before. Some of it we heard, some of it we haven't. But the Lord says, listen up. You need to apply. You need to understand what's being taught today. He gives us a slap on the hand. That's what I call sonship. A true son will never have to be rebuked. A true son will never have to go into scourging. Because he, a true son... Is willing and obedient. You have to be willing to obey. Until you have, until you hear something to obey. And you have to hear it, and be one hundred percent god is in If we don't heed to the hand slap, He can't convince us to see our flaws and our sins as He sees. then he will cause an earthquake to take place around us in an effort to change. Doesn't that change? How many earthquakes have you been through? Over and over again. And it's usually the same problem with a different face. Amen. Wasn't that good today? That was powerful revelation. Powerful revelation. Anybody got any questions? Any questions? This is sonship. We have about ten minutes. We can have some questions. Yes, and and that's right. And what is the good of the land? Remember, I talked about that? Your job. If you love your job, it is the good of the land. If you're in a great marriage, it is the good of the land. If you have peace with God, it is the good of the land. Amen. Whatever is good in your life is from God. And it couldn't have come into your life unless you were willing and obedient and something that you've done. And something that you've done. Come <laughs> on, questions. I need to hear feedback. Put the mic. You know, when you said, you said, How do I mature faith, obedience, and by the apostle? Uh, Apostolic anointing. Yeah. By faith. Faith. You ever, sometimes that becomes difficult because you just can't understand. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the only way faith operates when you don't understand. So, how, how do I move by that? When I can't, you know, come let us reason together. You know, how sometimes when I just can't understand something, do I just set it aside and just walk in faith? That's what I do. When I can't figure something out, I table it. I call it, I'm going to table this. Just move it. Pause, whatever you want to call it. Pause, table it. But I still know it's there but I'm just going to set it aside where it's not consuming my reasoning. Because if your reasoning gets consumed, it then you're... It takes you into confusion. Well, it takes you into depression, and then depression takes you into suicidal temptations. So when you're consumed with reasoning, that's a good sign you haven't reasoned with God. Because the only thing we're to be to consume with is the love of God. If I'm consumed with reasoning, I just can't figure this thing. There's a a scripture either in John or Acts. I'm not sure which one it is. It says, his ways are past figuring out. So if the devil has tempted you to try to figure out what God is doing, you've already missed the mark. And we've all done it. We've all done it. (laughs) questions are good praise the Lord that's a good CD to put in the uh, discipleship binder yes so under sorry so under the process of maturity it was chast and rebuke and scourge and then you said a true son or daughter would never have to face two or three right so obedience and willingness brings you into maturity as well. Willing and obedience brings you into maturity. How you, how, how you know that you haven't reached a sonship level, that you're still a child, is that you constantly go into scourging. You're constantly being exposed to rebuke. That's how you know. A true son and daughter in here will listen to this teaching or any teaching And apply it to their life. Because if you apply it to your life. Go ahead. Go back home and meditate on this. Because it's already in you. Because I've spoken it. It's in you. If you heard it. Coming from my mouth. It's already in you. But if you go back and read it. The Holy Spirit. Will build the understanding of it. He'll actually write it on the tablet of your heart. And your mind itself. Or at end of mine. So that's how you know. That you're still in infancy. Or childhood. Or teenagehood we call it. Because we're not obeying. The first. Discipline. Which is instruction. That doesn't mean you're not a child of God. Okay. In fact. If God is scourging you it means that you're a child of God. Because he says he corrects those who lo- he loves. He chastens those he loves. He rebukes those he loves. He scourges those who lo- he loves. I said, Lord, you must love me a lot. Because, <laughs> man, I just bypass chastening and rebuke. And I just dive into scourging every time. And, you know, what I found out the most about that is is I meet Jesus face to face in my scourging because I have nothing left. Everything has fallen away, fallen apart. And all that's left is the kingdom of God, and that's Jesus Christ. So it seems like true apostles never get it right the first time, they never get it right the second time, and they barely get it right the third time. But they get a revelation of Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Because God does nothing for nothing. Whatever hell you're going through, whatever level that is, he's going to give you that same level of an introduction of his love. He's going to come in and just put his love on you. So don't think that you're not a child or or, or, uh, uh, a child of God. Because he says, if I if I didn't discipline you, then you're an orphan. Then you're illegitimate. But the fact that I am disciplined, as your earthly father disciplined you, I'm disciplining the spirit. Isn't that cool? So don't ever think because things are tumbling down and things aren't going right that God doesn't love you because... He's endorsing his love by what you're going through. He's putting his signature on it. And this is God's signature. I just saw it in green lights. He said, this is my signature. I love you. That's my signature. Can you imagine? If you could just see that every time you're going through hell, God's put a signature on you. I love you. It'd be easy to pass through hell. Pass through that trial. That's a good question. Good teaching. The the apostolic ministry is a disciplinary ministry. Because fathers discipline. True father's going to discipline you because he loves you. Uh, I, I I tell these guys around here a father disciplines a daddy has fun with you, you got to be both got to be both got to know how to f- have fun with the family got to know how to f- have fun with so we're blessed because we're disciplined our old man thinks if i'm disciplined then i just can't get it right that's the way I felt when my father was disciplining me all those years. I just couldn't get it right. But the Father in Heaven disciplines us, and then empowers us to get it right. Not beautiful. He actually empowers us to get it right. We can't do it on our own. Absolutely cannot do it. We're we got to be taught, and and walking by faith is being totally surrendered to God. Not worrying about nothing, not figuring out nothing. Just totally surrendered to God. My faith is in Jesus. I'm relying on Him. I'm trusting on Him. I'm leaning on Him. That's what trust means. To lean on, to rely on, I think it's just awesome that we can lean on Jesus because he's already been through what we're about to go through. Because he's the captain of our salvation. He's the captain of our suffering. Amen. Any more questions? Before I close in prayer? Already? Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the revelation you gave me this morning. I know that as I was speaking and teaching it today that it's gotten in to their hearts, that you have written it on their hearts, as they meditate on it, and and that the Holy Spirit will write it on their minds, and they'll be willing and obedient to the love of God. Seal it, Holy Spirit, sanctify it, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I'm giving some praise. Thank you, Lord.